So if you're old enough to remember the Monty Python and Indiana Jones uh, franchises, you may remember that there's a theme that goes through some of those movies, and that is the theme of the Holy Grail. This um, search by medieval knights or treasure hunters to find the chalice that was Jesus's at the Last Supper. Now why that's important, um, it's not, but there is a little history to it for another day. In the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, there's that beautiful line that the crypt keeper, I guess he is, says after the German guy's face melts off because he chose the, the, the well-bejeweled chalice instead of the, the more earthy one that really Jesus ostensibly used. Anyway, so if your kids are interested in a refresher from the late 1980s or you want a flashback of how powerfully interesting um, movie effects were back then, <laughs> sit back and relax while we show you a little, uh, a little reminder, a little flashback to the 1980s. Take a look. Certainly is the cup of the King of Kings. Eternal life. Interestingly, today on the fifth Sunday of Lent, when we come to the fifth I Am statement of Jesus, I Am the Way, the Truth, and the Life, we're going to be talking about the fact that we all have to choose wisely the road in life we're going to take, particularly, particularly if our faith or the abundance of our life is important to us. Now, Jesus frames it like this on the Sermon on the Mount, when he tells us that this choice we're going to make is between the highway to hell, also flashing back to the 80s, <laughs> or the highway to destruction, literally, in the Greek, or the difficult road to the narrow gate of life. Um, read, you can read it up here in Matthew 7, verse 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and the gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. You know, for most of my life, I looked at this as a warning that 
even though Jesus loved me enough, loved me enough and you enough to die on a cross, we still, had, we still had a lot of work ahead of us. We had to work a lot and work hard to live a life that, that didn't get us thrown off the narrow, difficult path and uh, just cause us to give up and then walk the easy highway to hell that everybody else seemed to be going on. It was less about how much Christ did for us than how good a person I could be so I didn't end up on the kind of giant gutter of life that leads to destruction. So anyway, it was going to be hard, a very narrow gate and a very difficult road, so only a few are going to find it. And, I, and as, I, as I thought about that passage, or I heard it preached on in my church growing up, um, I remember one, one Sunday looking around the, the sanctuary at some of my friends from high school whose misadventures and, and kind of sin patterns I knew pretty well. I looked at Bruce and I thought, eh, highway to hell for sure. Sorry, Bruce, if you're watching, but you know, you remember. <laughs> then I saw my friend Ron, who's a good guy, loved his mom, but I'm like, hmm, maybe. And then if I'm honest with myself, I looked at myself and I thought, I try to walk the straight and narrow path of always doing the right thing, but you know, like any teenage boy, there's all sorts of things that I had either thought of doing wrong or actually did wrong. And so I, uh, theology, theology word-wise, I think I was struck by how important sanctification was, how important it was that I live a life of always choosing the right thing. And, and that kind of overshadowed what I, what I heard proclaimed from the pulpit was, you're, you're saved by grace because Jesus loved you enough to die for you. The love of God is so big for you. But then I read Bible passages like this. I'm like, well, not grace alone, because it looks like there's grace and a lot of good works, or else I'm you know, down on the highway. And so I, I ended up thinking, well, Jesus is amazing. He's loving, he's generous, and he's life-giving. But, but if I want eternal life with him, or, or even abundant life in this world, um, it is going to take a lot of work. And, you know, I've seen the t-shirts. You have too. Um, no compromises for Jesus. 110% for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus. Take a punch for Jesus. Wear a t-shirt with Jesus. I mean, that kind of thing. And so was it really about how much Jesus loved me? Or was it about how much I did for Jesus? But then, I, I remember it clear as day, I, I was woken up in the night after studying this passage, I woke up in bed and I had a realization that what I was thinking of, excuse me, you can tell I got a cold, <laughs> a little bit of drippage going on here. The Holy Spirit woke me up and, and I realized that I had the, the road thing backwards, that the, that the highway to hell wasn't the, the one that all of us slackers took because we didn't make the, the hard choices to follow Jesus and that the, the hard way of following Jesus was all about choosing the right thing and doing the right thing all the time, I realized that the highway to hell, the highway to destruction, literally in the Greek, that was, that was less about doing the right thing than, than joining everybody else in thinking that we were doing the right thing. In other words, that's where the proud and that's where the cocky people, that's, where, that's honestly where the religious people ended up. And the, the, the difficult way was doing the countercultural Jesus thing. You know, the stuff that you don't see 
religious people talking about a lot, like, like turning the other cheek and forgiving our enemies and not standing up for Jesus, but, but kneeling down and serving like Jesus. That was the narrow way. And I thought, that's also hard, but that's life-giving in a way that the, that the cocky, confident, I know everything and I'm on the right team here with G Team Jesus, that's actually, that's actually the road to destruction. Maybe not for people individually. Maybe if you've got one of those cocky, I got a t-shirt that says Jesus on it kind of folks, and um, I'm standing up for my, my faith and my country and all that sort of stuff. That may not bring destruction to you, but I guarantee it plants the seeds of destruction in your relationships, in your community, and I'd even venture like in our country that we share together. Because what, what, the, what the world doesn't need is, is another hard-edged hard version of religion. Jesus didn't come to give us a hard-edged version. He came to give us a reconciled relationship. So I'm going to suggest that I had the roads backwards, and I think a lot of us do too. In fact, it reminds me of another Holy Grail video that I'll just show you right now. Stop! Who would cross the bridge of death must answer me these questions three. Eh, the other side he see. Ask me the questions, bridgekeeper. I'm not afraid. What is your name? My name is Sir Lancelot of Camelot. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What? Is your favorite color? Blue. Right, off you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> That's easy! Stop! Who approaches the bridge of death must answer me these questions three. Uh, the other side he see. Ask me the questions, bridgekeeper. I'm not afraid. What? Is your name? Sir Robin of Camelot. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What is the capital of Assyria? I don't know that. Stop. What is your name? Sir Galahad of Camelot. What is your quest? I seek the grail. What is your favorite color? Blue. No. <laughs> Stop. What is your name? It is Arthur, King of the Britons. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? What do you mean? An African or European swallow? Huh? I, I don't know that. All right, any Monty Python fans out there? All right, if you like that as much as I do, put some heart in the chat box, and then um, uh, Shalia or Doug will, I just, I'm going to ask them how many people like the video. So let me know, because I'm preaching absolutely at this very minute um, on Sunday morning, so I can't see your responses. but they will be reported to me, all right? So thanks. Anyway, 
The narrow way doesn't mean this kind of right answer-based religion where if you get, you're on the way trying to follow Jesus, get to heaven, and if you give the wrong answer, you know, you go either into the valley of torment or back onto the highway to hell. The narrow way doesn't mean the right answer religion, it means the real relationship religion. And, and I don't use religion as a swear word or as a bad word. Um, religion is the structure around how we live out our, our faith life. So I, I've heard people say, Jesus is a relationship, not a religion. I'm like, yeah, but, but Jesus wasn't against the structure of religion. The, the idea that the family of faith gathers, whether it's in a big church or in a small courtyard or next to the riverbank, we gather together with the structure. So anyway, the, the way of right answer religion, the rule following, my tribe's right, yours is wrong, judgmentalism, criticism of other people and all that, that's what we all gravitate toward. And I believe that the narrow way that Jesus spoke about is the opposite of that. Not following rules more rigidly, but following Jesus more, more trustingly. Not thinking he's always judging me, but trusting he just loves me generously. Not riling up folks to, to bully other people or to, to fear other people, but kneeling down next to folks who have been bullied or who are afraid. Not, well, a little personal here to the highway thing, not flipping off people who annoy me, but getting off the highway, taking a narrow path to meet them for coffee. So I guess in a word, the highway to hell is, how's this? It's the road of self-serving, of of little guy stiffing, of misfit mocking, of finger pointing, of truth ignoring, of conspiracy snorting, of privilege packing, trash talking. That's the big highway that even us Christians like to, like to ride on. The narrow path, it's the way of confessing that these things are sins inside of us and resolving to follow Jesus on a different, more countercultural way. His way, the way of life with the joyful sacrifices and the life and heart changes that following Jesus entail. So I've been talking about this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I wanna finally share it with you. So what I did was I started with the, the choose, choose your path road analogy that's from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7. Now I'm gonna take us to the John, the, the Johannine is the adjective, I'm gonna take you to the Johannine scripture that we're basing each of these five Sundays I am statements on. So we're going to go now to John 14, where Jesus is talking to his disciples in the context of that final night of Passover. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would have I told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way where I am going. No, we don't know the way, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, chances are, if you're a Christ follower, Christian, or know somebody who is, you've heard this passage at funerals. This is a very common one that we preach on. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And depending on the number of skeptics or the, the theological alignment of the preacher, we either keep the last part, no one can come to the Father but by me, like, you know, your, your evangelizing types are like, I gotta put that on there because somebody out here in the funeral audience, in the funeral uh, mourner list, they need to hear this or they could go to hell tomorrow, right? So I gotta remind them that they've gotta choose Jesus now or it could be too late. 
But, but I love the simplicity of the verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I love it because it's, it points to the fact that a road we're on, life, or truth and life are all kind of related together. Now, a lot of preachers, not, not usually me, a lot of preachers like to zoom in the truth element of this, as if the Bible is the book of truth, and Jesus is the most important truth, or one of the most important truths, right alongside the Ten Commandments and, to some of them, like the verses about homosexuality. I mean, that's what they are now, a hundred years ago, is the verses about divorce. As if all these parts of biblical truth had equal weight. You know, you've heard those kind of folks, right? Either, either preaching or at your family picnics. <laughs> um, no, I think those folks have the highway analogy wrong. I'd argue that they are in danger of being on the big wide highway that leads to destruction. Because like I said, the attitude that, that most people in our culture have is that it's my way or the highway, I'm just gonna stand up for what I believe in. You know, that's not a very unique role. That's what everybody thinks nowadays. I'm gonna, I'm gonna declare what I believe and I'm gonna declare it on Facebook and then on Twitter and I'm gonna go to the school board and declare that and I'm gonna look for a reason to be scared and make you scared. I mean, that's pretty common. And if it doesn't destroy you individually, personally, it's gonna undermine your, your, your relationships, your community, who could use caring leaders and not cocky ones. This I am statement is pretty simple and to unpack, by the way. Jesus is the way. You'll remember if you've studied the book of Acts in three or four times, the way is how the church, the early church is described. Now, now the word way or, or road, kind of synonyms, they come from the Greek word hodos. Now it's spelled O-D-O-S, I mean, in, in our English in a version, but, but it's pronounced with the H, an aspirant, hodos. So, os hodos is the, is the nominative, I am the road, or tain hodain um, is the accusative, like me. So, he's not the only road you should follow, Jesus is, but he's the way you should behave while you're following it. In both cases, the word way is hos hodos, or os hodos, right? So I like the H. Well, the reason this is important, the reason I'm making a deal of it here, is that when you put the H, and when you remember there's an H in front of it, you get this kind of nice, um, this nice comparison that I like to use, that I can choose in my life either the hodos or the highway, the, the narrow path or the big wide one that leads to destruction. And there is a big difference, because frankly, if you've driven with me in my car, or if you've been in the right lane while I drove past you in my car, you know that I like highways. I mean, I like the fact that there's multiple lanes, so if you're going too slow, I can find a way to get around you. And I like that um, it's engineered smooth. I was so excited here in Kansas City when we were, we, I mean, like they, they, they asked me about it, right? Um, when we were building all these uh, interchanges um, years ago, to simplify some kind of complicated highway connections. I would just love to drive by and imagine, I wonder where that ramp is going. And I guess I could have looked it up, but it was more fun to drive and wonder. Um, I love highways. I just love them. And I, and I like to go fast on them, actually. So, um, so the things that I've noticed about highways is that it's, it's less about how fast you're going. I mean, if you're a highway guy like me, 
and then more about how fast you're going in relation to the other drivers. Like I have no, no issue of getting into the middle lane if somebody behind me is going 20 miles over the speed limit. I'm like, all right, you go dude, but I'm getting out of your way. But if I'm going 10 miles over the speed limit, I don't want, I don't want to be stuck behind somebody who's going the speed limit in the middle or left lane. I mean, there's rules, right? So I think about the highway as, as kind of society's way, society's road. It's engineered, it's, it's made by, it's funded by taxes, it's protected by, by police, it's, I guess you could say it's fueled by taxes and protected by the sword, right? It's, it's a place where nice cars get to show off, where we get smooth journeys, where there's lots of rest stops with big gulps and clean bathrooms. It's also a place where you can look at other people, but you don't have to interact with them. As opposed to the narrow road, the hodos, right? Highway versus hodos. The hodos, if you're on a, if you're on a path like through a park or a nature preserve or um, just really even on your sidewalk, walking your dog or going out with your significant other, you know, it's a narrow way and your speed isn't in comparison to people in other lanes, it's depending on what you wanna see. The, the speed of the narrow path is dependent on what you see, who you wanna talk to, and how difficult or winding the trail is. And unlike the, the highway that's created like efficiently by engineering and taxes and that, uh, most paths, most walking paths are, are created by individual footsteps over time. And it makes them kind of ring with this history and this sense of story. One of the most wonderful things that I've loved about um, traveling with Laura in, in other places um, by hiking and, and walking is you, you run into people and you get to know them and you get to talk to them and you find out a little bit about their stories. And there's this, there's this intimacy, just briefly, that we're both on this journey together. And that's not something you get when you pass them on the highway. So it's like society's favorite way is having nice cars and smooth journeys with rest stops and big gulps and no, no need to interact. But, but God's favorite way, his way of being the way, is, is more like walking sticks and backpacks. It's, it's about carrying some supplies with you and picking some fruit along the way. It's about lots of beautiful things to see but no competition to see them as fast as the people next door whereas the first one the highway is kind of fueled by taxes and protected by the sword i would say the the narrow path is is fueled by trust and, and it's protected by the spirit now i'm drawing out this this um contrast so that you can you can dig into it with me it's hard for a guy like me, frankly, who learned to drive in the streets of and highways around Chicago to say anything bad about highways and fast roads. I mean, I, I just, I'm a Chicago driver, right? I was quite surprised in Kansas why everybody drove so speed limit um, compliantly. I'm like, huh. <laughs> in fact, I, I did get an anonymous gift, um, which I'll show you up here. This is my dashboard Jesus. And I installed him in my car because he reminds me that even though I may be on a highway quite a bit, I am supposed to drive as if I'm on the gentle, not gentle, the difficult but narrow way with my Lord. So Eli hopped in the car one day and said, why do you have the Jesus thing on your dash? I'm like, well, to remind me to go slow. He's like, 
I think Jesus has enough power to make you, but it's not working voluntarily. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, that's probably where it is. But anyway, it was probably a gift from one of you guys at Caught Prairie who saw me driving and thought I could use a little reminder. Anyway, I want to conclude today by suggesting that we do have this path to choose. We, we can choose the, the wide path that not just most of secular society, but if we're honest, most of religious society wants to be on too. Right? There's very little behavioral difference anymore between those of us who are Christian and living out our faith and those of us who aren't and living out our opinions. And that's kind of scary. But, but here's my conclusions that I want to suggest. Is, is number one, yes, we need to believe in Jesus, but we need, to, we need to learn how to follow him too. Not on the wide highway of this cultural Christianity, but on the narrow path that takes us individually to meet real people who also need Jesus, with whom we can share our stories. Secondly, we need to trust that the abundant life that Christ wants to give us isn't found on a high-speed highway, even, even metaphorically, right? Life that brings joy and, and fullness is not comparing who's in the Honda lane, who's in the Acura lane, and who's in the Maserati lane. That kind of stuff, that strangles the spirit. And if we stay on the highway where comparison is the main activity, we lose the joy of seeing the beauty and the intimacy when we follow the narrow and more difficult way. And I would say if we can rejoice when we meet out-of-the-box people in situations on the narrow road as opposed to just being angry when we meet out-of-the-box drivers on the big roads. And then finally, the word commit. If you are eager to have the kind of abundant life that leads to the gate, that's a narrow gate, but the gate to life, then shouldn't you have a curiosity to know what kind of life is that? What is the message that God wants me to hear? And I'm gonna make an invitation now. Unfortunately, it's, it's, well, it is online, but it's only gonna be for guys in this, in this kind of beta test group that we're doing. So the invitation is, the the Sunday after Easter, 7 o'clock Central Standard, um, I'm going to be having an info huddle online for a, for a new five-month discipling group that I'm starting with guys from Caw Prairie, and I'm hoping from not from Caw Prairie, but from other places around the country, um, called Messengers Made. How we become messengers who understand what the message of Jesus Christ really is. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of misunderstanding about what the message of Christ is. And while I don't pretend to teach the only right interpretation, I do intend to make sure that we have this vigorous, lively, and ultimately trust and faith-building experience as brothers in faith. And I say it's for men only simply because I'm a guy and we're going to do it in, in same gender groups. And if we, if we uh, evaluate this and it seems to be successful, um, I'll teach an in-person one where we can have uh, men's and women's groups and um, train up some of our really gifted um, female theologians here at Caw Prairie. So those are some of the things that I'm, that I'm going to invite you to think about. Believe in Jesus, but decide to follow him too. Trust that the abundant life isn't found on the highway where comparisons are aplenty, but on the narrow road 
where relationships grow deep. Rejoice. Don't be annoyed when you meet out-of-the-box people and commit to learning more about the way of Jesus. In other words, don't choose poorly. Gosh, I love you guys. Looking forward to next week when we have Palm Sunday. And if I'm honest, I'm looking forward to going home and go to bed. Sorry that I have this clogged sounding voice. Um, I am trusting Jesus to make me well. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to go lay down and wait for that miracle to happen. All right. God bless you guys.